it's time for the Catalyst Midweek Podcast, where we continue the conversation from this past week's message. Hello and welcome to the Catalyst Midweek Podcast, where we are continuing the conversation from last week's message. My name is John. I am the discipleship minister here at Catalyst Christian Church, and with me today is the lead pope of Catalyst, David Kibler sharing with us his thoughts today. Our main thing for the week is a church family has a heart for each other. Uh, Talking about community this past week. Dave, what did you think about Rob's sermon this past week? Well, you know that that community is what drives this church, and so uh, I really really think it was important. It was our year theme last year, and uh, building community, building friendships is really, um, it's essential to the church. You know, um, Oh, there, there was a, a vast study that happened, you know, 10, 15 years ago that showed that people who have no community, no lasting sense of friendship at a church are going to be there for two years or less. And so if our churches are going to be anything more than revolving doors of new people coming in and the old people going out, this revolving doors, uh, then we have to have community and, and we have to have friendship and and uh, the only way that discipleship happens is if people are here for a long time, and they're not going to be here for a long time without community. Well, I know you've, you've preached in the past on this, and one of the things that you've brought up in the past is you just simply ask the people in the crowd, how many of you came to Christ because of a sermon? How many of you came to Christ because of a concert? And then you said, how many of you came to Christ because somebody you care about led you there? And almost unanimously, it's always that third option. Yeah, it's always somebody that passed on the faith to them, a, a friend or somebody that they were in relationship with. Um, and uh, I think I preached a, a, a year ago, maybe, somewhere around there, where the the greatest the greatest attack that Satan has lobbed against the church, it's not false theology, it's, it's not, uh, you know end times stuff is you know it's not all that stuff it's the fact the lie that you can be a christian without being part of church that yeah. that is the number one lie because if he can destroy community he knows he can't destroy faith anytime someone tries to destroy the faith they you know all they do is create you know, it's like a hydra you know you cut off one head nine more are there um so if he can destroy community and if you can just get everybody thinking, oh, I can have my personal relationship with Jesus, just I'm, I'm fine doing my own thing at home, this kind of thing, then all of a sudden, the number one vehicle for evangelism, number one vehicle for discipleship, the, you know, everything is gone. And Christianity is gone in a generation. Absolutely. I know for me, uh, it's obvious I care about community. It's, it's basically mm-hmm. my, my position here at the church. Uh, one of the things I loved about Rob's message is when he shared personally from how his community group has actually impacted him. I know when, when Rob first got here, he didn't know anybody. Um, he, had to, he had a little bit of trouble kind of finding his niche as far as like friends and who he was going to hang out with. And then shortly thereafter, in the fall, he started his first community group. Yep. And uh, that community group has kind of almost become a model community group for a lot of our other ones. They go on vacations together. They serve together. Uh, half of his youth volunteers are actually his community group. And so it's, it's like the really, Rob cult. 
I know it really is. It is. It's like he's got his own religion. It's like the he religion does. of Rob no, or know, something. I know. But uh, he's doing such a good job with that, and that's really what we want to see happen. Yeah. I know your community group this year is planning on going to Honduras together to do a mission trip. Mission trip, yeah. Our community yeah, group is trying to plan a weekend away. Where we're all going to go together and spend time together with, uh, with each other. Um, it's really amazing to see these community groups coming together in such a way where it's not just a Bible study, mm-hmm. but it's actually community and I think that was that was kind of the point of what Rob was trying to get at was uh, it's these relationships that you're building that are going to keep you in the church mm-hmm. people who just come to church to attend they may stay but typically they never get involved yeah. and most times they fizzle out if well, they're the, not the reason, connected they don't stay well the, uh, and, and, uh, it's there's always going to be a church with a better show than yours you know, if, if, if people are not there for community and everything, they can find better preaching somewhere else. They can find better music somewhere else. Well, I guarantee this past month they could find better preaching yeah, just about no, anywhere. No, the jury's out on that, the, you know. But uh, no, I mean, you, you can, if you, if you want a sermon, you can hear the best guys online. If you want the best music, you know, you can hear professional, you know, musicians with millions of dollars behind them, you know, doing doing stuff online. I mean, you, you can find all that. It's better than anything you're going to find in a local church. So if you are not interested in community, you're, you're not staying in that church. You can, you can stay home and hear a better sermon. Well, let me ask you a question. Um, we're in a really interesting time in human society mm-hmm. where people's main line of communication isn't face-to-face, interpersonal. It's through keyboards mm-hmm. and screens and phones. Um, how do you think this is affecting the way community works in churches today? Quite honestly, I think, <laughs> this will sound strange, but I think that all of that keyboard and texting and everything has almost helped the church because people get no community anywhere. And here comes the church with its 2,000-year-old strategy of, hey, love each other, be in each other's homes, eat together and everything. And the church has, a, a, and, you know, Americans are just the most lonely people in the world and all their 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 interpersonal stuff through a keyboard. So when the opportunity to go have coffee with someone at a house and, and eat with someone, I mean, people jump at the opportunity. We Our community groups are full. Our problems aren't finding, you know, filling spots in community groups. The, our problem is, man, how do we create more? It's, because it's finding leaders so, and finding homes. I mean, and yeah, my, my, my family room is full on Wednesday night. We don't have any room for anyone else. And, and it's just people that, that just really desire that community. So quite honestly, I don't see the impersonal communication destroying community. I see it basically creating a hunger and a thirst for people. And man, here comes a church with an amazing opportunity to fulfill that need and, and it, you know, have Christian community. Well, I know both of us have done mission trips overseas. Oh, yeah. I've done many trips to Jamaica. You've done a lot of trips to India. One of Mexico, the things that. Uh, Chile. Yeah, but one of the things I've noticed that, that I love the most is when you see people come together in these other countries, when they come together, mm-hmm. it's everything. Yep. Uh, they, they do things together. They want, to, they want to bond together to get things finished and accomplished. And it seems like in America these days, it's almost like pulling teeth a lot of times to get people to come together to do something. Mm-hmm. And and so I think it's a real challenge for the church to get the mindset of someone else. Will, it it kind of goes back to last week's, me- the week before's message of somebody else will do it, somebody else will get involved with it, but there's so much community and service. So how does the church accomplish community and service when 
we live in a world where people just don't do that. Quite honestly, I'm going to answer your question, taking a little bit of a different direction. I was thinking about this. The, the best thing the church can do to really promote community is to get rid of community killers. And you being a preacher's kid and me being having been in youth ministry, both of us being in youth ministry, right. and experience incredible ugliness towards us um, in the church and, and, you know, the anonymous letters and the ugliness with, you know, conflicts with elders and everything. Those kind of things, I think, are what destroy community. If you ask most people why they're not in church, in general, it's because they've had a, an ugly episode with somebody in the church where a person has been judgmental or has been mean or, and, and obviously that we're talking to the people that are painting themselves in the best possible light. I mean, it's a lot of times it's their fault as well. They've been ugly and, right. uh, and everything, but the, the thing that draws people to community are it, it, people that are genuinely kind. I mean, it's not, it, it sounds so simple, but don't be a jerk. <laughs> it's kind of like when you're holding that sign out on the street several weeks ago, just saying, "Just be just kind." Just be kind. And you got flipped off for it. I, I know two two guys flipped me off for for holding that sign. We're saying, you know, "Just be kind." Just be kind, dude. But really, it it seems like that more than anything else is what destroys community. Well, I, I like what Rob said, where he said we need to love each other inside of these walls before we can love others outside the walls. Yeah, and there's so much truth to that. You look at people who struggle with love. They probably came from a very unloving family. Probably they probably did, and they were never raised in an environment where there was love, and so they or didn't trust. emulate that. Yeah, or trust, but or. they never could emulate that in the real world. Mm-hmm. And how do we think as a church we can emulate that kind of love in the real world if we can't love each other within these walls? Yeah, I mean, think about the churches you've worked at that I've worked at where we've just seen infighting and bitterness and mm-hmm. anger and selfishness and gossip and yeah. all these things that have turned people away from the church for years. Mm-hmm. And yet, if they would just understand, just love each other, I mean, how much different would the community have been in that church? Yeah. And how much more of an impact would they have had on their local community? And how many few de-churched people would we see today yeah. if people just learned to love each other inside these walls? Uh, and not just if, even more simple. If even if you can't love the person, don't be a jerk. <laughs> you know, don't, don't. Why? Why does everybody have to have an opinion on everything? Why does everybody have to get upset at what doesn't need to be getting upset about? Seriously, I, I mean, how much? How many problems in the church are self-imposed? Yeah. They, they, and so I think, as a minister and as elders and as leaders. It is really important that we start guarding community. Mm. That we we really look at people who are divisive and people who are just mean. Yeah. And, and say, buddy, you know, you're cancer. And I don't really care what your beliefs are. If you can't treat people kindly, you need to leave because you're destroying community. And and it's it's not we want you here, but if you're going to, you know cause drama and you're going to accuse people and you're going to call, do this and do that and cause all these problems, you're destroying the the fabric of this church and you need to leave. You're cancer. Well, you think about it, our theme for the year is fruitfulness. And we always, and you say this a lot, it, it's this idea of you need to live out the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, yeah. patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And if you aren't living out those things, you're, re, it's like you said, you're almost a cancer to community because yeah. those things are vital 
for a community to thrive and for people to want to be a part of that community. Yeah. Because a great deal of what we do is building community so that others want to be part of that community. Exactly. The whole idea, they will know we are Christians by our love. Yeah. And when people see that love, they're longing for it. We live in a very unloving society. Yeah. And people want to see that society, see that today, and they want a part of that. And it's so important that the church understands that. Mm-hmm. Um, Rob's first point was community values others above themselves. Yeah. And we are definitely not in a society that really believes that. We use a lot of good words when we talk about things. And, well, we're worried about these people and we're worried about these people. But when it comes right down to it, most of, of what motivates people is, what's it going to do for me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, unfortunately. And getting that mindset out of the way and saying, well, what can I do for you? Mm-hmm. That's just such a foreign concept in America today. Yeah, and when you remove self from the equation and you genuinely do think about others first. You know, I, I think about that uh, that old children's song, you know, Jesus, others, then you, what a wonderful way to spell joy. Jesus, others, then you, good for each girl and each boy, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. And, and really, um, one of the things that I've found is when you have things in that order, it really does produce joy. Mm-hmm. And that is what is missing. I mean, joy is an essential part of community. You have to have fun. You have to be joyful. Sunday morning should be the most joyful time. It Absolutely. is for me. Really has, but it's because you know we don't allow people to come here with selfish agendas. People have agendas, you know, coming here on Sunday morning. They they either leave quickly or they change because we just man we just we we just don't have that. There's here. no room for it. No, there's no room for it. And those are joy killers. So um, an essential part of community is putting the other person first and 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 thinking of yourself less. And, well, even uh, even going joy. on with that joy thing that you're talking about, you think. And sorry for cutting you off there. I no, mean, no, no, but, fine. but uh, but the thing that about joy is when you go to visit a community group, you'll usually visit two or three times to kind of get a feel for it, because mm-hmm. everybody knows you know one time probably isn't what it's like every time. Mm-hmm. Even if it's phenomenal the first time, like well, I can't be that good every time. I'm going to mm-hmm. go back and check it out again. But if you keep going back, and every time you go, everybody's miserable and sad. Yeah. And you do these questions and nobody wants to answer and nobody wants to talk. And, and it's just kind of a, it, it just feels uncomfortable and miserable. Why would you want to be part of that? And yeah. I, I, I can't say enough how much I love my community group because mm-hmm. we get together and sometimes we laugh so hard people lose their voices, yep. you know, and because they just love being around each other so much. Mm-hmm. And when the church becomes a place where, we just love to be around each other mm-hmm. and we love each other so much that we are willing to put them above ourselves mm-hmm. that, okay, I may have had plans, but they need my help. I'm going to put my plans to the side and I'm going to go help them. I mean, that's exactly what the church is supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And that's one of the tough things about this summer with our community group, not being able to get together as much of being gone. I've, I, it's, I've generally miss, genuinely missed them. And, uh, and I miss the laughter, like kind of what you're talking about. I miss the fellowship, the people over at our house, and and just some some great friends. Really, I, I miss that. And so, um, when it when it comes to putting others before yourself, it's amazing how much it's kind of like this strange paradox. The more you put others in front of yourself, the more you get. Yeah. The more joy you get, the more friendship you get. The more, you know, it, but by putting yourself first, you get none of it. Well, it's it's like Christmas. Yeah. I have so much more fun at Christmas when I see people opening presents. I got them 
than yeah. I do opening presents I get from other people. Mm-hmm. It, it's always been like that for me. Mm-hmm. It's just something about that. You know, and that bleeds right into his second point, which was community brings upon lifetime friendships. Yeah. And I, I know you went to you went to a seminary. I went to Bible college. Um, and one of the things that they always told us was you build up your groups and then you start new groups and you put everybody in new groups. Like that was yeah. kind of the mindset early on. But I, I personally, for me, I feel like when you do that, you're, you're, you're saying, hey, build up all these people that you trust and love and trust and love, then start over again. Yeah, I, I can remember when well, you need to change things up because you don't want cliques forming in the church. <sighs> well, here's the thing. I don't know. It, it, that, that sounds great in academia. Mm-hmm. But the plain and simple fact is you're going to be better friends with some people than others, and that's just the way it is. Every yeah. person is that way. Jesus had his, had his yeah. 75, then he had his 12, mm-hmm. and then he had his 3. Uh, had clicks. Got to shuffle them up. Yeah. You know, Jesus obviously didn't know what he was Jesus doing. Jesus was so clicky. Yeah. No, you're going to be better friends with some people than others. And this, this whole great idealistic, oh, we need to be in, you know, everybody needs to be equally friends with everybody, so we need to divide up communities. No. You find people that you're friends with and you stay with them. Just stay with them. Why try to bust that up? Why? Why, why do you fight against that? That's just dumb. Well, next week I'm going to a family reunion. Yeah. And I'm just going to be honest. There are some people in my family I like better than other people in my family. Yeah. Does it make them any less my family? No, they're still my family. Mm-hmm. I just don't necessarily enjoy spending time with some of them as much as others. Yeah. And that's, they, that doesn't make me the love them you. less. I don't, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it, fine. I don't love them any less. I don't think any less of them. Mm-hmm. But there are personality types that just go better together. Mm-hmm. And when you build up a community group and over the years you do vacations together, your kids grow up together, yep. there's a legacy you start to build. Yep. And if it's healthy... And that's important. If it is healthy, mm-hmm. you're just all you're doing is is you're furthering the kingdom. You're being an example of of what the early church was meant to be, mm-hmm. which is a community of people that genuinely love and care for each other, put each other above themselves, and are chasing after Christ fearlessly. Mm-hmm. And and I, I I can't say enough how much I don't like that idea of start a group. Get out of the group. Go to another group. I, I, well, when my grandparents moved to Louisville, when my my dad was little, probably nineteen fifty something, um, they joined a church and they were in a Sunday school class. And there were four couples that were best friends. It was the Kiblers and my gra- my grandparents, the Lawrences, which Jennifer Lawrence's grandparents, you know, like you know, um, the, the Shermans and another couple. And they played bridge together. Uh, the kids grew up together. They were in Sunday school class together. They stayed there. All four of those couples were part of the church until my grandmother, who was the last one in 2015, died. Um, they they were together. And it's amazing. Yeah. But the reason they were part of that church, one church, was because they had lifelong friends there. They did everything together. Like I said, they went on vacation together, played bridge. They they, uh, you know, went camp outs together. They did the kids played together, everything. And they had and, you know, they went to each other's funerals as they started dying off and, and everything. It was just just amazing community, amazing friends. But that was real picture for me as a young boy, what the church is really supposed to be like. Well, and it's, you know, Rob's final final point was community is an outward display of the church at its best. Mm-hmm. And the church at its best is, a, is an example of what love should be to the world mm-hmm. and an example of what community should be to the world. And what you were talking about is exactly the church at its best. Yeah. 
people not only just connected to the church building or the church service, but connected to the body, mm-hmm. connected to the people within the church, and therefore connected to Christ because of that. Yeah. And it's it's amazing what happens when you go back to visit churches. Just this past weekend, I was in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. and I got to visit uh, the church that I served at for four years up there. Uh, Brian Henry, the senior minister, just finished 40 years of ministry with one church. One church. Amazing. One church. And I, I, he's the only, the fourth pastor that I know personally that's ever done that, 40 and, years. And the amazing thing is people came out of the woodwork to send him off. Mm-hmm. Even though they might have moved to other states or they had ministries of their own. I mean, there were several guys who were in ministry who came back to share about the fact that Brian was pivotal in them becoming ministers. Mm-hmm. Came from all over. And you saw the ripple effects of this long-term ministry. And I believe that long-term community has the same ripple effects sure. throughout a church. And it can be negative. It can be negative. Um, if, if, if it isn't guarded the right way... Uh, you can have those people who think that they run the church. Mm-hmm. I've I've seen where community can go wrong. Yeah. Um, but if you're doing community right and people stay together, they get to be an example of God's love and love for each other mm-hmm. for the rest, for generations to come. Mm-hmm. And people can be transformed by that. And honestly, most people I know, that's the kind of church they want to be a part of. Well, it's kind of getting back to what we said earlier. Don't be a jerk. Yeah. And and if you, I can remember, I, I've been in ministry twenty years. There have been some people that have been extremely ugly to me in yeah. the church. They really have. I remember preaching a sermon on uh, on Galatians where uh, Paul said, uh, "God cannot be mocked. Man reaps what he sows. You know, sows to please is sinful nature. Reap destruction. Sows to please spirit. Reap eternal life." And uh, and I, I made the point that most, I didn't say all, I made a point not to say all. I said most of our problems that we encounter in life, we create for ourselves. You know, most, mm-hmm. most, you know, we make dumb financial decisions. We say something dumb in the heat of a moment, hurt someone we love. We allow ourselves and, to be involved with the wrong crowd. Exactly. Most. I did not say all. I got a call uh, well, a, a message from a lady in our church that afternoon that said, okay, so what wrong thing did you do to make your son die? Mm. That's how she started off the conversation. And I'm thinking to myself, first of all, I didn't say that. Second of all, wh- what kind of person says that to someone, yeah. to a father who's well, experienced the death of his child? You know, yeah. I mean, that kind of stuff, that's the kind of stuff that kills community more so than anything else is people that behave that way. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that feel somehow self-righteous or they're, that they're going to be the prophet and they're going to call out everyone else's sin as if they didn't have any of their own, you know, that kind of thing. Those are, those are the people that kill community more. Than yeah. Anything. It really boils down to selfishness and pride. It is. I want my way and I, don't tell me I'm wrong. Yeah. It seems like those two things are maybe the biggest community killers. Yeah. Uh, if you've ever been in a group where uh, you're having a discussion and one person's answer is always right. Yeah. It can it can ruin the whole group. Mm-hmm. It can make it very difficult. Or one person who demands all of the time where yeah. what they want to talk about ends up being all you talk about. Mm-hmm. 
Um, kind of like it, hearing the cells talk more than anyone yeah, else. Yeah, yeah it, it, those things can really be community killers. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, if if the community can come together and and like extinguish that a little bit, mm-hmm. <laughs> it can be really good. But if they don't, it's amazing how many groups fall apart because of a single person yeah. or um, a few comments that get made. Um, it doesn't take much. It really doesn't. You know, as, as a church, we were just talking today that um, our growth right now is around 15% over the last year. Yeah. And that's a really high number for it's, growth. It's about twice what the experts say is what's known as rapid growth. Yeah. And Seven to 8% is rapid growth. Yeah. And we're seeing some real growth in the church. But yeah. like you, we, in our staffing this morning, you made the comment that we are one bad decision away from blowing this whole thing Killing up. Killing it all. Yeah. Yeah. And I think. In community groups, it takes one bad apple to ruin the entire bunch. Now, we what we hope is that if there is a bad apple, that the other people are mature enough to, and have enough gravity to not let that destroy their right. entire sense of community. I mean, that 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 lady's comment didn't make me want to leave the church or anything no. like that. Um, we we hope that people can forgive and and gently instruct and everything because we do genuinely love people. We don't want to, but if a person is unwilling to, you know, to, to be kind, unwilling to exhibit through the spirit and everything, um, maybe there's a better place for you, you know, yeah. th- than this. And that's hard to do because you want to love everybody and you want to see the best in everybody and you want to pull out the best of everybody. But there are those times yep. where um, you have to say, you know, it's okay for us to cut the cord with you. Mm-hmm. It's okay for you to find another place because it's obvious you're not happy here. Mm-hmm. And if you're not happy here, you shouldn't be here. Yeah. And whereas that hurts us because we do love that person, mm-hmm. um, sometimes that's okay. And sometimes that's better for the community. It is. And, and, and to talk about something that you said earlier, like somebody that is not very kind or somebody that, that, we, that we encounter that kills community, I, there's a saying that I used to believe, and, uh, and I don't believe it anymore. I was told early in my ministry that hurt people hurt people. Oh, you know that, that that uh, the people the, if, if a person the only reason a person is acting like that is because they've been deeply hurt, and you need to understand that and everything. And and to us, and I was taught that early in ministry that somebody that comes up that's ugly and demand kind of like that lady, you just need to understand where they're coming from. And, and after a while, I started thinking, no, I don't. Because I don't care what life has done to you. You do not have the right to hurt someone else. You do not have the right to be a jerk. Yeah, at what and, point do we start telling adults to act like adults? Yeah, exactly. And, and, and I, I, I made a, and this engendered quite a bit of discussion on my Facebook page when I said, hurt, I've heard it said, hurt people hurt people, but I don't believe that anymore. Jerks hurt people. Plain and simple. You hurt someone, yeah. you're jerk. I, I don't care what is happening. I know people that have been through the most horrific life experiences, and they're still kind to other yes. people. And I know people that have had nothing happen to them. They're just jerks. And so uh, the, the, I think we need to get rid of the whole hurt people, hurt people thing, because a lot of people wear that as a badge. Look what's happened to me, therefore I have the right to talk to you this way or to be this way. You know, I, I, I have all the justification I need to be a complete jerk. And if you call me out, well, hurt people, hurt people. You just don't understand how hurt I am, you know, this kind of thing. And, uh, and so... And I uh, don't think those people understand what that means anyways, yeah. because I know, I think all of us have fallen into the 
thing where we've been hurt mm-hmm. and we say something we shouldn't Probably. or we've done something we shouldn't. That's what that's talking about. But there are people who wear that and say, well, I'm hurt. So everybody's going to be hurt with me. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's where the problem is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's this I'm idea that, that becomes my identity. Yeah, I'm, that, I'm a hurt person and therefore I can do what I want. That's my identity. I'm going to drag you down with me. Mm-hmm. And if that, I'm going to have to be here, you got to be killer. here with me. That's a community killer right there. Absolutely. And Absolutely. So, so as pastors and leaders and elders and just people in the church, we need to guard our community. We really do. Because the second something like that gets in and, and everything, then then you see it played out in a lot of churches these days where there's tension and there's drama and everything. like that. It's not accomplishing the mission that, that God wants them to do. Well, and, and community is the center of our mission at Catalyst. It is. You know, planning, reproducing gospel communities mm-hmm. here, near, and far. I mean, you can find community anywhere. You can find community at work. Yeah. It could be a good community. It could be a toxic community, but you can find community there. Mm-hmm. You could find community on your bowling league. You could find community in a lot of places. Motorcycle riding. Motorcycle riding, yeah. Soccer, basketball. But we're, we're all about being a gospel community, yeah. a community that's about Christ. Mm-hmm. And we want to guard that with everything because um, we want people to flourish and we mm-hmm. want people to grow. And discipleship is a huge part of this church. And the best place for discipleship to happen is within the community. Absolutely. And, I, and I, it's really interesting, looking at 15% growth, we haven't advertised, we haven't sent out flyers, we haven't done catchy radio ads, we haven't done any of that. Um, what we have done is gotten our people to be friends, and yeah. it's just very attractive you know, to, to people. Hey, look at all these people, they're doing all this stuff together, look at that. Yeah, and it's so fun on Sunday mornings because uh, church will be over in 35, 40 minutes. I have to kick people minutes. out. Yeah, every week. I have to flip the lights, say closing time, you know, don't have to go home, can't stay here. I have to yep. literally kick people out of church because they'll, they'll they'll talk till 4 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon if, I, if we let them. It's the truth. It's the truth. And yeah. that's one of the reasons I love this church so I much. I, know well, I thought Rob did a fantastic job this week. Uh, he, he articulated a, a big part of what we are. And, you know, we talked about it all last year, And but you have to recast that vision. And, and yeah. uh, that's what Nehemiah did when he was building the wall, he recast the vision. And uh, as we're coming into our, our fall kickoff pretty soon, and hopefully there'll be people who are joining a community group for the first time and uh, keep, keep uh, assimilating people and keep uh, moving people into relationships so that we have a, a church that, that will stay. Well, and I love the fact that in the past year, all three of us have had the chance to preach on this topic. Yeah. And so our church has seen the passion for community, not just from the guy whose job is community groups, mm-hmm. but from our senior minister, from the discipleship minister, and from our youth minister. Yeah. That community is central to who we are as a church. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for being here today, man. This was sure. this was fun. Um, fun. I haven't got to do these in a few weeks, so <laughs> I'm glad I got to do one again. Yeah. And this is, uh, you've only got one more of these. You're actually, this is your last one for this a was, while. Yeah, yeah. And then I get you get to, start to preach preaching again. again. Yep. Are you excited? I am. I'm looking forward to that. It's in 20 years, this is the only time I've ever not preached for a month straight. That's crazy, so, yeah. man. That's yeah. crazy. Well, that was the Midweek Podcast. Uh, we thank you guys for, for listening today. Uh, if you're wanting to find us online, you can go to the iTunes store, to the Google Play store, and just look up Catalyst Christian Church. And look up our podcast. Each week you'll get our Sunday sermon and then the midweek podcast later on in the week. Please subscribe. Uh, follow us on Facebook. Facebook, Instagram. Instagram, you name it. You can find us all over the place. We're, we're kind of like ants. You just can't escape us. We're just, we're <laughs> like just glitter. You, yeah. know, you, you think that it's gone and then you find another piece. You know? Oh, let's not even get started with glitter. Let's <laughs> not even get started. Well, thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll talk to you next week.